Celebration Adventist Reflections. Now, to discuss character building ideas, here is your host, Dr. Denzi. Hi family, welcome back to episode 10 of this season on ministering to the list of this. Today I would like to share with you a quote from the book Reflecting Christ, which in page 287 says, Good works will begin to appear when the experience of repentance and conversion is brought in life. It is by showing that we are changing character through a belief of the truth that we make known to others the transforming power of the grace of God. Today I would like to thank my friend Ruth for recording this music that you're listening in the background with her flute and it's beautiful. I hope that you appreciate it as much. And I would like to welcome Catalina back to our podcast Hello, Catalina. How are you? Good. Glad to be back again. <laughs> so, Catalina, today is all about the gospel. In fact, the past 10 mm-hmm. weeks, we have been talking about the gospel. But today, in mm-hmm. particular, we're going to be intentional to reflect on ideas that are key in referring to the gospel. So, in particular, I would like to unpack two aspects. I would like us to talk about what is the gospel very basic. It's like Christianity 101, but mm-hmm. is it? <laughs> and number two, how do we live the gospel? So let us start with thinking about what is the gospel. There are so many key passages that we could utilize to unpack this idea. But perhaps one of the most known passages, well-known passages in the world of Christianity, it's found in John 3.16. What do you think? that God is trying to communicate to us in this verse. Maybe we should say John 3.16 for the ones who do not know what John 3.16 says. Yes. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Awesome. What does that mean? I've done a presentation on outreach to the LGBTQ plus community. And I use that verse very specifically mm-hmm. because there is an order in which the gospel in this particular verse, the way that the gospel is presented. Okay. And I, I think that sometimes we can read this verse really quickly and be like, see, you know, God just loves so that he died and now you just got to believe kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But what I think is really important with regards to ministry and regards to outreach to anyone, God so loved them first. Mm-hmm. And we have to have a sincere love for people to really understand how to demonstrate that love to people. Mm-hmm. And so when we have a look at John three sixteen, God loved and mm-hmm. then he gave. And what did he give? He gave what was most valuable to him, and that was his son. Mm-hmm. And I think when we go out and share the gospel, we have to use that same mindset. If I love this person, What can I give to them that is according to their need? Now, 
obviously salvation and redemption will always be the ultimate gift that we and the best gift we can give anyone but at the same time we have to be really um, conscious of that some people aren't ready to accept salvation not at this point right. um, when we have a look at the parable of of the sower that that you know sowed seeds mm-hmm. hearts are in different conditions at different times and we have to be able to discern with the help of the holy spirit where the soil of this person's heart is. If they're not ready to be given the truth about the Sabbath right now, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that we cannot give them the gospel in any other way. The okay. gospel might have to come in a different in a different way. It might look different than let me tell you that, you know, Christ died for you. We have to be mm-hmm. be able to discern that. I think once we are able to love people and see them as humans who are in need of being loved, then we can really we can be specific and be more detailed as to how we can show them God's love in the season or in the area where they are currently. Mm, um, so mm. yeah, I think I think the gospel is about being sensitive to what the people need and being willing to give that, uh, whether it's through time, whether it's through um, investing financially and supporting them in in whatever hardships that they may go through. That's what the gospel is to me through John three sixteen. That's beautiful. One is that I perceive that you're trying to tell me that we must love and serve like Christ did, even those people that we might have preconceived ideas as Seventh-day Adventists towards, because mm-hmm. God died for them. And when we read John 3.16, sometimes we miss John 3.17. And in John 3.17, mm-hmm. the verse right after it says, because I didn't come to condemn nobody. That was never yeah. my intention. God's intention but that the world through me might be saved. Amen. So God's intentions was never to come and show people up so that they see how wicked they are, so that I can then condemn you because now you know what is wrong. His desire was for them to see God's love. And the other thing that catches my attention in what you just said is that the stepwise process that you present to us implies that God loved the world and then he gave. And I wonder, I'm self-reflecting right now, if one of the things that have created one of the greatest impediments in my ministry, in my service to my community, is the fact that maybe I'm struggling with the love that I have for other people. As I'm going in my spiritual life in ups and in downs, that love becomes sometimes hotter, sometimes colder. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if this is impacting my own ministry with the people that I meet. And sometimes I become more cynical of the things that I do. But God showed that model. Hey, you know, the gospel is all about loving others. I came to love you and I gave everything for you. Question. Mm-hmm. Go back a little step. If I'm not a Christian, if I have never accepted Christ, what do I need to have eternal life. How can I accept this whosoever believes in him idea? Perhaps go a little bit farther. If I am a Seventh-day Adventist and I have been so for decades, that does this imply that I have a, a direct ticket to eternal life? What do you think about this concept? I think mean, that's a trick question. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want. Um, feel yes free to judge not. only me. I don't have to judge nobody. But let's imagine this is me. <laughs> I'm thinking that way. Hey, you know, I've been an Adventist mm-hmm. for decades. I'm ministering in the church. I'm doing whatever I'm doing. That's all I need, right? Mm-hmm. Or is it? 
Mm-hmm. I guess the question here in my mind is, do I have to live the gospel? And and here is where we're talking about salvation by works versus all we need to do is really believe. Where is the balance or is there such a thing as a balance? That, that's where I am thinking mm-hmm. here. I think, look, uh, let's go back to the Bible. Let's right. go back to what it has shown us. And when we see through Jesus's ministry, we can see that Jesus's ministry was made up of more than just dying on the cross for our sins. Right. His right. ministry was made up of serving people, ministering people, healing mm-hmm. people, sitting down with people, mm-hmm. preaching at people, rebuking the Christians. There was a lot to his ministry more than just knowing that he was going to die and that he was the Messiah. Mm. And I think for us as Christians, we have to take that same perspective. If we have a look at Israel, they had a form of Christianity. They had a form mm. of religion. They mm-hmm. they tried to tick all the boxes. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't enough. And that's why when Jesus came and he rebuked the Jews, he said to them, you know, the gospel, like with you guys, you don't even understand why I'm here. Mm -hmm. And that's why the gospel then went out to the Gentiles. Mm -hmm. So we have to understand that there is a balance. There is an aspect that is just all about belief. We just have to believe what Christ has done for us. But in order for that to be of any substantial worth, Mm. for it to be any different than any other religion, it has to transform my life. Mm -hmm. And the more that I behold how much Christ has done for me, and the more that I can see what example he left for me, my natural desire should come to appreciate and to value and to also represent everything that he represented. So I believe that salvation does come just by believing but however, your faith and just your appreciation for salvation mm-hmm. will therefore cause your life to change. And you will also have a sensitivity to what people's needs are. Yeah. People saw Christ and they saw something because as he was walking by, he always did something. He left a trail, right? And and, and that's what mm-hmm. I was trying to unpack. You know, in my mind, the thing that I'm thinking is, doesn't matter that I've been a Christian for so long. The idea uh, that I'm reflecting on is how would any Joe blog on the street, walking on the street, know that I have accepted the gospel? How Mm. would anybody on the street know that I am living it? How would they know that I have accepted the gospel as I am, for example, feeding the hungry versus, I'm going to put here a big name, Bill Gates giving millions of dollars in Africa, Mm. feeding the hungry. Now, we could argue that he's bringing the gospel to the people by practicing this ministry to those people in need. But is he? And and that's what uh, triggers my mind, because we could do a lot of things, and maybe that's still not the gospel. And on the other side, Mm. we might be praising God in church, And that might still not be the gospel when nobody outside knows at the practical level what we're doing. Mm. There is this statement in the book Faith and Works, which Ellen G. White wrote in page 24, and it says this, If you gather together everything that is good and holy and noble and lovely in men, and then you present this subject to the angels of God as acting a part in the salvation of the human soul or in merit, the proposition will be rejected as treason. 
what Ellen G. White is saying is, if you gather all humankind's goodness, Bill Gates, Catalinas, and Daniels together, mm-hmm. and we say, look what we did, this is going to be presented as good enough reason for us to be given eternal life. The angels, not even God, the angels will say, this is treason. This is, this doesn't make sense. Mm. And when I think about what that means for me practically, I think about the idea that maybe this is the reason why Christ needed to die. I mean, think about it. Did Christ needed to die at all? If I could just minister to those in need and bring my salvation into my yeah. home, why did Christ bother coming and doing what he did? What do you reckon? That's the important part that we can never take away from the gospel any aspect. We can't take away the fact of Christ's redemptive power. Mm-hmm. We can't take away from what he did. The moment you take away that, I mean, you don't have the gospel anymore. I know plenty of good people that don't read their Bible. They do not pray. They don't go to church. And they are very good people, Mm. very Mm. caring, very, you know, involved in their community, very thoughtful. So you can't take that away because at the end of the day, unless those people want to accept the redemption that is found through Christ, Mm -hmm. you know, ultimately they aren't saved. And then it's the same way. It's the other way around. Like we can, we can, you know, claim and praise and profess that we are saved and we're redeemed and we are clean. Mm. But if it's not demonstrated mm. by our kindness and being willing to help people, mm. then we've also done a disservice to the gospel. Mm. Um, and we don't do it out of, you know, because I know it's, it's very easy to fall under doing that, you know, salvation by works. I think everyone has to search their own heart and find out if they feel that it is connected to salvation. Mm. For me personally, it never has been. Did I, was I legalistic? Yes, I was. But It was never in the sense of, I'm not saved if I don't do this. Mm -hmm. But did it come out of the purest motives and the most sincere motives? Yeah, Mm -hmm. probably not. But I had to, I had to deal with that and I had to work through that. And now I'm in a position where I truly believe that everything that I do in terms of reaching out to people and being kind and doing things for people is coming out of a really safe place in terms of the purity and the Mm. holiness that God would want my intentions to be. So we have to deal with that one on ourselves, but Mm. it definitely is part of the Christian walk. I cannot take away the ministry that Jesus, the example that he gave me, mm. and and just think that all I have to do is believe. Yeah. He did so much more than believe. Mm. Um, and like they say, even the devil believes. Yes. But what does his behavior look like? How does he demonstrate his mm. beliefs is very different to what Jesus did. Mm. It's like creating that balance, acknowledging that even if mm-hmm. it was out of balance, it is not what we do that saves us. At the practical level, when I always think about my own personal experiences, I think about courting my, I was going to say my first wife, but I only ever had one. And I'm hoping to (laughs) keep it that way. Well done, Daniel. Uh, When I first was courting my wife, and it was a time when, uh, the time came when the more I got to know her, the more attracted I was towards her. And one thing was certain is that the more I felt attracted towards her, the the more I started to love her. And I knew that I love her because I was willing to do all sorts of things for her. And I honestly Mm -hmm. did them, not because I wanted anything in return, Mm -hmm. but I will do, I will go Mm -hmm. out of my way. Uh, I was in Mexico, she was in Australia, and I was sending her gifts through various ways all the way here. Back in the time, it wasn't as easy and it was very expensive, but I will do it, not for no reason. I just Mm -hmm. wanted to Mm -hmm. give something to her. And when I think about that aspect, I think about the idea that I did it not so that she would love me back or love me more. I did it because I enjoyed Mm. doing it and I was pleased to do so. 
Yeah. And I did it because I love her. Yeah. And and sometimes I was listening to your podcast, actually. Uh, I had these notes and then I listened to your podcast this week and one of the recent episodes, I think it was the last one. And you mentioned something around this idea. By the way, those who are listening, mm. the podcast is the, just to plug in here, the Connected Adventist Podcast. <laughs> Go check it out, subscribe and see for yourself what I'm talking about. But Catalina was talking about the idea that uh, she does things for his, her husband, Stevie, because she loves him. And it comes as a natural desire as well to do mm. that. And for mm. me, when I think about what I do for God and what I do for, for my wife, if I just went to live in at that practical level, to me, the more complex the gift, the idea, the surprise, the more excited I felt that I was showing her my appreciation. Mm. And my wife is not somebody who likes that much gifts. As a matter of fact, I, sometimes I feel offended because I go out of my way to do all these things and she is okay with it. <laughs> Your them. love language is definitely gifts. Yeah, yeah. And so it, it becomes a bit tricky because I'm a gift giver and she isn't a gift receiver. But um, I felt that the more complex it was, the more I show, showed my appreciation to her. And I still feel that way. Uh, even though she might not perceive it that way, to me, it helps me in my zeal of the love that I have for her. And to me, as I work for my God, as I work for the God who died for me, who loves me, I don't think that he's going to love me more or less. He already came and died, even though I rejected him before I accepted him. But I do it because it helps me in that love that I have for him. It helps me to feel connected to him. And I invite people to reflect on that. Do you feel connected to your God? Do you feel connected to Christ? Do you feel that you are living the gospel at the practical level? Do you have any thoughts, Catalina, as we're concluding this episode? I always tell people, like, when I'm involved in community work, and I imagine um, Jolene, um, she might feel the same when she works with, like, the homeless people, mm -hmm. that I feel that if people could experience the interaction that I get to experience when we are at the food pantry, mm. when I am out helping the community. If you could experience that blessing when people make the connection that, oh, you're from the Adventist church. And I will say I get very proud, but I get proud for my church. I get proud for my faith. I don't get proud because I'm like, yeah, see what Catalina did. I can honestly tell you I'm very sincerely and totally at peace with, with me expressing it that way. I get such a pride for my church that it is being represented and that it is seen in that way by people outside of the church. That is That was always my sole purpose for being involved in community outreach. It was because I wanted people to perceive our church as something different than it's a cult or they're weird, they go to church on a Saturday, they wear this, they eat that. I wanted people to see the Seventh-day Adventist church as something other than what you find on the internet. I'm like, let me give you a personal experience of what my savior is. And as a result, you're going to by default connect that with my church. And I think that once you have that, when I see broken people come to the food pantry, and of course, you you know, you get people that are maybe aren't as sincere in their needs as others. But when I have had broken people come and thank me for the fact that we're there, the fact that we're providing food for them, you can tell I have had men crying at the food pantry. I have had women like telling me about issues that they're having. And when you have that connection with people, you can see that you're there to minister to them and to give them hope as a church, as a Christian faith. And the more that you're involved in that, I think the higher, you know, like 
the dopamine hit that you're going to get from the Holy Spirit because mm. it literally is just an overwhelming sense of, God, I'm so thankful I could represent you. I'm so thankful I could be there for that person. Uh, when I work with the council, with our local council, like for them to always be referring to me as, oh, she's it's the it's the woman from the Seventh-day Adventist church. I love that. Like just call me that forever. Don't You don't even need to call me by my name. Like I love the fact that our church has been associated to something else than all the negative stuff. And, and I think as you depict the gospel in that practical way in your community, you guys are all going to understand like how encouraging, how inspiring and how thankful you will be because the little that you can do that and that God can use you to do is going to have such a massive impact on your local church mm. um, and on the church in, in general. Mm. It's such a fulfilling uh, fulfilling activity, and God knew that. God knew that we needed that. Serving God in any activity is fun without regrets. It's fun without mm. regrets because a lot of the things that we do sometimes when we reflect back years back and think like, you know, I was doing this and it was fun, but what did I get out of that? And yet when we have fun, in bringing the gospel alive, it actually nurtures our own spiritual walk. In feel of your spirit, and you come back with a desire to do more. So if anybody doesn't feel like doing it, just go, just try it and see what, what it can do for you in your life. And you're going to be surprised, perhaps. Actually, I am confident you'll be surprised. Now, Catalina, our weekly encourager. Who, what, where, why, what are they doing? What do you have for us? Today? Okay, so I'm going to give you. I'm. Uh, let me pronounce this. I've practiced this so many times. So this is from um, the United States. Yeah. And it's Peoria Matthew, the the guy that Pastor Matthew is the pastor of that church. He does the um, Adventist History podcast. Oh, so Matthew Lucio. Matthew's church. Oh. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So Matthew's church. They have a ministry called Grace's Table Ministry. Right. And they provide, um, it's like a food pantry. Mm-hmm. But what I want to focus on is that they actually started a garden. So they plant a lot of fresh produce. Mm-hmm. So they have about an acre and a half of gardens where mm-hmm. they grow fresh produce for the food pantry because they realize, and it's very true, that many of the food pantries or the food banks, they usually don't get the freshest produce. Usually it's stuff that, you know, farm, it's usually seconds. Farmers will give seconds. Um, <clears throat> and depending on grocery stores, they usually give you the stuff that they can't sell anymore. So, yeah, that was definitely was an issue. So they decided to, yeah, make a, make a veggie garden and start giving free organic fresh produce as part of their food pantry ministry. Wow. Um, so they did a really cool little video too. Okay, yeah, great. Worth having a look at. Yes, go check it out and be inspired with a, yet another idea of something that can be done, whatever you are. So thank you for sharing that, Catalina. Now our challenge, look, uh, it's week 10. We only have three more weeks reflecting on these ideas of ministering to those in need for now. And yet I would like to go back to last week's challenge of sitting and thinking and praying and reflecting and coming with some avenue where you could utilize your talents, your abilities, your training, your giving capabilities to minister to those in need. Think, where can I start today? Think, with whom could I start this new venture? And go ahead, go and do Go and practice the gospel. 
So for now, we farewell you. You listen to Catalina from the Connected Adventist Podcast, and I am Dr. Dancy from this podcast. And today I choose to leave the gospel news practically because I love God. How about you? Remember to subscribe to this podcast, like it, share it, hashtag it, comment, and find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and Tumblr as Adventist Reflections. God bless you.